0: Hello, everybody. Drasko here from 10knorm.com, where my main focus is to help guide heart-centered entrepreneurs that are consistently under 10K months to transcend all the blind spots that basically keep them from thinking, feeling, acting, and authentically marketing so they can normalize their own versions of 10K months. And to help you do that today, we have a very special guest, uh, actually the first expert guest that is currently on the podcast thomas Wern, who amongst other things is you know just when i was reading through his stuff it's like a list of experiences list of wisdom that he can bring to you and helping you establish your own 10k norm from being uh, an actual firefighter uh, from being a master practitioner in nlp hypnosis and mental emotional release uh, published author as well, which is exactly what, um, you know, he helps other folks do, which is kind of overcome and get out of their own way as far as writing their first book, which is, you know, ironically, what we do here as far as marketing. Um, but on top of that, also a coach, also a fitness trainer, also an athletic nutritionist, you know, if it was enough to add to that. So Thomas, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited just to get into it and and I'm just loving your podcast. So let's do it.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, what I would love to kind of get into because I have some background as far as uh, you know you and what you do and why you do it, um, and even some of the conversations that we've had on your podcast, um what I would like to know as far as like just context is you know how does a firefighter go from you know fighting fires to then uh practicing NLP and helping people write books.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I get that question a lot because it's a pretty big jump and and for me, you know, uh I was a wildland firefighter so that's that's more in the mountains cutting trees down, helicopters, that kind of stuff in the wilderness. Uh just to be really clear and and uh, I would say my 10th season, right? So I was, I was in there for 14 years. My 10th year in, there was a, a major loss for me. I, I lost a good friend. Um, uh, my engine captain passed away suddenly, and this just completely blew apart my life. Um, the grief really turned into an anxiety, and it just, I completely spiraled from there. And so my life changed. My life completely changed. And I started writing, I started meditating, I started going into alternative health to help myself. And I really found acupuncture and ultimately led me down to the road of uh, mental, emotional release. And NLP was like a major game changer for me. And so that's, that's when I knew during my own session with mental, emotional release, it's when I knew I I have to do this for other people. And, uh, it was, it was so inspiring and so transformational for me, um, You know, I I wrote more books. I, my business took off. It was just, I started a podcast, like all the thing, all these things started happening after that session. And it's because the subconscious blocks were gone, the deeper programming, the deeper unresolved emotions, living beliefs, they were gone for the first time. And so that's what I help people do now. And it's so fulfilling. Love it. Love it for
0: multiple different reasons. Cause I think that birthing that happens as a result of things breaking down, I mean, I think it's a more common story than not. Like, I think it's all almost hard to imagine, like, who can you think of that was like, oh, yeah, things were good. And then I did some stuff and things got better, right? Like, usually a lot of the success stories that we think about are generally bred from some kind of disaster happening early on. So I'm so happy that like, that's, you know, like where, you know, your genius actually birthed from and it's something i think everybody can relate to because we often think oh it's just me and you know i'm a failure and i'm somehow broken and that was certainly something that i was stuck in for for a long time um so there's so many layers that i know that we can go into and especially like kind of practical tips on how to navigate those those thoughts and those states um but again just for context like i know of nlp like i know people will use it from anything from like marketing to like actual inner work to to process you know the the thoughts process traumas process subconscious um patterns how would you define nlp or how do you talk about it to somebody who has no idea what it actually is
1: yeah yeah absolutely because i think uh when people hear the word nlp they you either there's usually a couple of reactions. Either they get freaked out, they have no idea what you're talking about, or it sounds super woo-woo type stuff. And and it's none of those at all. And what it really is, is is neuro is, you know, NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And so the neuro is really our psychology, our senses. There's a ton of science behind that. And then the linguistics part is so interesting. It's all about language patterning, our language skills, how we speak, the actual words. And how those affect, like how our language actually affects our physiology, our psychology, and how the words we use carry so much power. So it's really empowering in that sense. And then the programming really goes into the much deeper psychology of unresolved, unresolved emotions, conflicts, those kinds of things that are that deep programming from, you know, generally when we're ages from zero to seven, we're basically this walking subconscious mind. And so whatever our parents says, whatever happens in our environment, it is literally, and I I really want to stress that word, it is literally imprinted. And so we carry around these beliefs and, and those beliefs are kind of running in the background, like an antivirus program on your laptop. It's just, you don't really know it's there, but it's running and it's controlling probably 90% of your life. And so that's where the real change happens is that, is that deeper programming. So that's, that's like the surface level of NLP, right? Got it. Okay. So there's
0: the aspect of, you know, it has to do with the psyche and the mind. There's the aspect that connects that with the language and then almost like an embodied connection of those two, as far as how those actually affect the body. And then subsequently the, you know, the behaviors in, in our experiences, like, would that be accurate as far as what the connections are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I, I also work with a lot of energy. And so we, when we bring in the energy into it, that's a whole different level of, especially you go deeper into the mental emotional release, where we're really talking about changing, changing path, like past traumas, releasing like negative emotions. These major techniques really do change the energy in the body. and And I would say one of the biggest things about NLP is the mind body connection and how much you know, maybe we have a pain in our knee or a pain in our neck and it's really pointing something to subconscious. Usually there's that deeper emotional pain, uh, physical pain connection. So it's so interesting how deep this really goes with, with our uh, physical health actually, and our, our emotional health. It's so connected. And so I would say that's, that's the next deepest layer, right? Is this mind body connection is, is what we're talking about.
0: Love it. And I, I think for so many, People and, and even to some degree to so many coaches, depending on how you coach, we're so focused on just the head part, like, you know, thinking and how do we go through limiting beliefs and understanding our patterns and going down into the root of things, all of which I believe has total and utter like validation and it's necessary work and needs to be there. However, and I, this has been true in my own life, when we forget that, you know, like, the brain itself is an organ, right? Like, it it is actually like, we talk about mind body, and it's like this disconnect or dichotomy, but like, it's an actual organ. And, you know, it needs recovery, it needs nourishment, it needs the right environment to function. Uh, In addition to like, it is extremely connected to your actual body. uh, I think we oftentimes neglect the importance of how do I take the things that I understand and actually embodying them in a way that moves me forward, heals me from top to bottom? Um, is that like an accurate way to think about it and an accurate way to kind of describe that, everything you just mentioned?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think one of the most mainstream, really scientific ways to look at this is, is, um, One, like you're saying, the brain is connected to our nervous system, obviously, but I think we forget that, like you're saying, it's our brain isn't just like all alone. Our brain is actually connected to our entire nervous system. And we have more neurology in our heart than our brain. And we have more neurology in our gut area than our brain. And so actually our brains, our smallest brain, and which is so interesting because it's so powerful. And so if you look into acupuncture and the meridians and the, the fascia and the actual energy systems of the body, these energy blocks, they manifest as like an emotional block or a mental block, and it's actually in your body as well. And, and so it is, I would say one of the big themes in NLP is that there's four bodies. There's, you know, our spiritual body, which is, you know, maybe some people call your aura or your energy, and then there's your emotional body, your mental body and your physical body. And so really when we talk about holistic health. We got to talk about all four of those and, and, and usually if there's a block in the mental emotional body, we're we're missing the mark physically or we're missing the mark spiritually. And so they kind of need to, they need to get in alignment, just like chakras almost like there's, if we're out of alignment in one of them, something's going to be off in a different area.
0: Got it. Yeah. And I think that, again, it, it's such an overlooked piece. And I also think it's disconnected. At least it's been in my experience. It's kind of why I started 10K Norm because it's like, you know, you have business coaches that do like business and, and marketing stuff. And then on the opposite end of spectrum, you have healers and, you know, spiritual coaches. And then kind of maybe in the middle, you have some sort of like talk therapy or, you know, some some sort of like more traditional, like we're working on our thoughts. But it is the blending together of all of them, especially if you're an entrepreneur. And it's certainly been, again, true in my life that that's really when you can begin to move your life forward. So what I would like to kind of, and I'm just kind of going off the cuff here is, you know, I would like to just share my experiences that I've had that I think, you know, showcase this. And I'd love for you to just give us a breakdown of like, okay, like how would you explain that from your expertise and, you know, what you know, and, and the systems that are at play and, and what's actually going on. So is that something that you're cool with if we go down that road? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Let's do
0: it. Okay,
1: perfect. So the
0: first thing that popped into my mind when you were talking about the um, aspects of like you have the different bodies and so many things are stored in the body. Um, so I had recently done my first uh, psilocybin uh, ceremony. And, you know, obviously it's my first. So this is kind of ironic to say, but it didn't feel as like, quote unquote, typical as the other descriptions that I've heard and even the other Participants that were in the ceremony have actually had. And and the reason is, you know, it was a seven hour ceremony. And I probably spent about five of them literally just kind of shaking. Like I I had pure, deep emotional release that was completely somatic. And even prior to that, I was I was working with somebody who I think it's called like EMDR therapy, like where they do the eye movement um, to, you know, just recondition certain responses you know, and she was mentioning how much of a somatic processor I actually am and it kind of caught me off guard. But when I had the experience at the ceremony, it made total sense. Cause I think I've had just such an emotional backlog of so many things that I never knew about processing. That's like, you know, cause they always talk about like the medicine gives you what you need it's like what you needed was to just clear out all of the gunk and then like we can do all this other stuff, which is why I was like, my experience wasn't very like psychedelic. It was like very rooted in my body. So given that like anecdote, how do you see it through, through your expert lenses?
1: Yeah, I think uh, psychedelics are an amazing tool. And, and I would say the really at the highest spectrum, like more ayahuascas, like more of we're purging the body of unwanted energies. Right. So there's a tool for that. And I think psilocybin can be such a great teacher. You know, um, I have personally experienced mushrooms multiple times in my life and, and has been so powerful and so illuminating. And I think there's what's happening temporarily is that the conscious mind and subconscious mind are actually merging. Right. So you're actually getting so connected to your body that you could almost hear your body talk. I mean, I don't know if that resonates with you, but it's almost like, oh, now I understand my body. It's in such a deeper way because that conscious mind, unconscious mind is actually coming together. And it's not, because I think our conscious mind sometimes wants to cover up or push down or like kind of has this conflict with our unconscious mind sometimes. Like we don't want to deal with all that stuff in the background at that really deeper level. And, and to me, the psilocybin is going to kind of merge those two and allow and facilitate those unconscious things to surface usually and it's interesting that you had uh, more of a body experience and that's totally i think it's totally normal and and for some people um like maybe it's more of a mental or emotional feeling but it sounds like there is a lot of there is a release in your body which is really the energy like from source from energy like from god or or um superconsciousness whatever you want to call it. it sounds like it came into your body and there was a release there was a change and to me in NLP, like I'm, I'm all about energy and spirituality, but physically it sounds like actually the neurology was changing, not just in your mind, but in your body. Does that make sense? It hundred percent makes sense. And I was also thinking along
0: those lines of like the, the new neurology was like, what it felt like to me, it was certainly a purge, uh, but it was more kind of like when I was reflecting back on the experience afterwards, I was kind of asking, okay, well, why, you know, was my experience like this and versus like that? And not even in comparison, but just kind of curiosity. What kind of stood out to me was like, in order for the new to come in, you just have to make room. Like there has to be space. And there was so much because I was so unaware of how somatically, like how much my body needs to process things somatically. And I think this is something that I, kind of unconsciously moved away from. Because when I was younger, I used to do a lot of martial arts and there's like, you know, even if unconsciously or not, like it, things get released through just like that kind of work, you know, uh, I think I was missing that as I was getting older. And th- that's kind of why, you know, the, the medicine gave me, you know, what was needed as, as they often say. And what really resonated to me and then I never really thought of from what you said is like, well, it's almost like, like source also entered into the picture it wasn't like just me uh which I kind of like because then it's just it's not just the ego and it was just like me or whatever like I, I actually like that sentiment it resonates and you'd also talked about like the body talking and that was certainly a hundred percent real because I, I vividly remember there was a lot of laughing like people were kind of initially concerned like was I crying or am I laughing and I was like let me laugh louder so people know I'm okay. Like, just let me shake and like do my thing. Like that was a very real part of the experience. And I vividly remember as this was happening and as it was asking, like, do you want to more? Do you want to go deeper? I was like, yeah, yeah, like, let's go. The body talking bit, it felt like, you know, source or God or body or whatever like connection there was. But it was like, if you are willing to go through this, like put yourself through this, like seeming like, you know, craziness or whatever, like how bad is it the stuff day to day that you actually like worry about? Like you are actively shaking. And if this was like anywhere else, people would be like concerned for you and thinking you have like seizures. Like if you are willingly doing this, what's so bad about like that, that like little bit of doubt that you have when you like go to do like business stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, (laughs) what is so bad in comparison to like, quote, unquote, this, and it wasn't even bad, it was was a very enjoyable experience. But it was certainly
1: more intense than day to day things. So yeah, that body talking bit 100% resonates. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Because I think one of the books I reference almost daily or with them, especially when I'm working with clients is uh, Louise Hay books. And she has mapped out and and uh, mapped out so I would say, like, to a fine tooth and nail of exactly like what's happening in the body to mapping it over to the actual emotion going on. And then she has an affirmation into it. And, and I'm partial to affirmation. I think there's a lot of work we can do with them, but we got, we got to kind of pre-frame it. Like there's a lot of work to do with affirmations, but um, what's so interesting is this map of the body is so powerful. Like, okay, pain in the right knee. Maybe that means I'm going in the wrong direction or this lower back pain. Maybe that's like, you know, I'm scared about finances, or there's some. There's always something tied to a pain in your body. It's really, really interesting.
0: One hundred percent. And while I didn't have that personal experience, what it reminds me of is I had a friend who, like, she recently, or sorry, prior, maybe about a month before I did mine, she went and and she had her own psilocybin experience, and she said because she's had a lot of like learnings that she's done through like physical ailments and physical pain for her, the medicine, she said, took her back. And it's like, do you want to know the source of each of these pains? And it was like, literally, like you said, this knee pain happened because of X, Y, Z, this ongoing back pain happened because of X, Y, Z. And when she was able to release that, she was like, now when I have it, I just have to like pause, tune in, allow. And then it's just like, it, it resolves itself. So is that something that you see in your work with your own clients as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially the mental emotional release. So what we do in, in you know, what I do with the mental emotional release is we actually get in touch with our unconscious timeline. And so every event, every single thing that's ever happened to you, um, is in this chronological order subconsciously. It's, it's, it's really amazing. Like there's, there's amazing things that can be done with this. And so what we do is we take The client's mind from now, we take our mind from right now, and we actually go back to the very first time they were angry, the very first time they were sad or fearful, or maybe there's a limiting belief. And so we actually go through the timeline all the way back to that first time, and now where it gets a little weird, there's some weirdness here. Sometimes it's during birth, sometimes it's before birth, sometimes it's past life, sometimes it's even like a a genealogical, so a parent, great-grandparent, you're actually going back to their life. And- taking your mind from now and all the way back to then and seeing it from a different perspective there's this lesson there's this learning and that reframe that different perspective actually releases it's almost like this antimatter bomb basically and so when there's that release there's this learning and when they come all the way back to now they're releasing that pain that that negative emotion all the way back to now through their entire timeline and it's gone and it's like a it's like an elephant just like left your chest, right? It is, it's kind of amazing. It's, it's kind of, it's so powerful the results I see with this and, and uh, that's what I'm so passionate about. And so, yes, there's, there's so much connection with that very first event. And this is what we call a root, the root cause in NLP. Like there is a root cause to that illness to, you know, especially looking at like uh, Dr. John Sarno's work with really quick overview really hardcore scientists in medicine. And he has come to the conclusion that like 95% of illness disease is psychological and root cause. And so that's a, that's a big thing that that's a big claim. Right. But what I've seen in in this stuff is that it's, I believe it, I truly believe it. And, And I have a lot of colleagues that are more medical doctors, clinical psychologists using this for like cancer patients for really hardcore stuff. I don't go there because I'm not clinical, but the results there are, are pretty miraculous. That is absolutely amazing. And I mean, I've heard it in so many
0: different ways. Um, there's one thing that you said was, you said it was like a quantum bomb or wh- how did you, how did you phrase it?
1: Yeah. It's like an antimatter bomb and it's Antim- so interesting. Yeah. Cause it's like, um, yeah, it really is. There is a lot of quantum physics going on definitely in this. Absolutely. Awesome. I- I've never actually heard that term. So
0: Like, are you cool to like elaborate a little bit on what, like, I think I know what it means, but I'd rather like hear it from the source. So do you mind just elaborating on that?
1: Yeah. So it's almost, there's, there's kind of three reasons why, why the emotion disappears. And one of them is we're taking, basically it's kind of like a, like when you smash two atoms together, right? Like in the atom smasher, I think we've all, we're all maybe familiar with that, but basically there's, there's the big CERN thing in, in, uh, in Europe, right. And they smash two atoms together. And when they do that, there's this gigantic explosion of antimatter and there's there anti there's different particles that comes out and quarks and all this stuff. And, and by no means I'm an expert in quantum physics. Um, but what, it, what the best explanation I can have for why the emotion disappears is that you're taking one. Like particle from this antimatter dimension, and you're taking one particle from our dimension, and you're smashing it together, and it creates something brand new. So it's a, kind of like this union of opposites. There's there's a dichotomy that's being put together for a higher idea. And this is this is a very much deeper energetic kind of idea of the universe.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this definitely one into <laughs> yeah. uh, the,
1: the rabbit hole like
0: <laughs> very yeah. quickly, which I, I have no issues doing. Um, And I guess in that instance, so understanding at least even the the basic concepts of something like that, how do you then bring that understanding to, hey, you know, like I can't uh, seem to make 10k months despite everything that I'm doing. Like, how does that, you know, correlate or or, or interplay together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, it's so interesting because there's oftentimes there's the you know, the 10 K month isn't happening, right? Maybe somebody's stuck at a certain number or, or it's just, they're just starting out, whatever it is. And there's, there's some sort of belief there. Most likely there's a belief about maybe selling feels weird, selling's bad. And, you know, I think that's a classic thing that most coaches have to go through. Um, and then there's, it's probably going to show up somewhere else in their life. And it's probably going to show up in like five to seven different areas of maybe in a relationship or maybe in physical health or, some sort of mental health. And so oftentimes the 10 K thing is really a, to me, it's a surface level. Like there's this surface level problem. And if we take all the surface level problems, maybe there's five to seven different ones. And we just go a little bit deeper and we go a little bit deeper and we go a lot deeper and way deeper. There's probably one belief, one root cause that kind of connects everything. And that's, that's the one that we really got to find. And, and the unconscious mind has a hard time. Like it's going to defend itself from uncovering that. Cause it is so big. It is, it's, it's gargantuan, right? It's like, it's holding up your reality. That's what it's doing. And so that's where we need to find, that's what we need to resolve is that deeper, like root cause. Does that, does that make sense?
0: It a hundred percent makes sense. And even just kind of connecting it to the original bit, right? Like because I, I always pictured these types of discussions where, you know, you said at the beginning, like there's always a root cause, and the root cause was like the first instance of, you know, whatever this thing is, and that energetic attachment. I always, you know, in meditation, through work, through thinking about, like I always pictured it as like this energetic cord, and and it's 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 always locked into you until you kind of feel it, you know, energetically touch it, you become aware of it, you ask it what it needs, whatever. I mean, a lot of inner child work, I think really just kind of dives into that. Where was the root cause? What does this thing have to say? And then, you know, processing and releasing and whether that's facilitated by yourself, like that's totally fine. Uh, That's kind of how I always made that connection between the seemingly esoteric, you know, quantum physics, whatever. And then like, hey, day to day, like I got to pay my bills, right? So that to me is always like, what i you know inherently pictured it at so is that accurate in terms of how you know you've seen it not accurate what's your take on that
1: yeah absolutely i would say the um so there's the root cause right and it's gonna it's mental emotional but it's also gonna show up spiritually which means it's gonna show up in your body in your meridians your chakras wherever it's gonna show up in all areas and it's probably gonna show up physically too so it's really, when we have a root cause, it's really in all four bodies in some fashion, and it's probably in one of the bodies, the actual root cause, and it's probably mental emotional. Um, and so, yeah, that totally makes sense. And especially you're talking about the cords being connected, like cord cutting, working with cords. There's a lot to talk about with energetics and us being connected. And and I think to go a little bit deeper is that the when we have a root cause limiting belief, like... And in an example would be something like, I don't deserve $10,000 a month, right? Like, I don't, I'm not good enough for that. Like, it's something where you're, you don't believe that you should have it or that you can, right? It's something along those lines. And that's actually going to show up energetically in your marketing, in your newsletter and your emails and your sales calls. And so It's, it sounds like it's woo woo, like all this quantum physics stuff, but it's not because it's actually going to show up the way you show up and you sit down at your computer and you're writing, like how you feel inside is directly like affecting what your product is out there, what your digital marketing, what your social platform looks like. And so, you know, especially in the business realm, and I'm an entrepreneur as well. It's, it's really, do I feel like calm, centered, and balanced right now? Do I feel like I should be writing copyright right now? Like, if I don't, then I probably shouldn't be. It's not a good idea because it's gonna show up the wrong way. I love that. And it's
0: something that pops up time and time again. And I actually just recorded a different episode prior to this one with somebody else, where this idea of like the genesis of the thing becomes the thing, right? Meaning like the the input, the the energy that we put into whatever the thing is. You know, creating the the marketing material, get getting yourself out there, asking for the sale, pricing your thing, like whatever the thing is, the genesis of it, who am I in the moment of creating it is going to affect the outcome of it down the line. So if I'm, you know, undeserving of the sale, then, that might come on on the other side as, you know, discounting it. So there's like an energetic like this exchange, and 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 not, it's not equal. Or I might, you know, underprice myself. I might overgive. Like there's so many different ways that it can manifest for the individual. But yeah, I a hundred percent agree that that is so often overlooked and more importantly, no amount of working on the surface level thing. So, you know, no amount of copywriting, no amount of ads, no amount of whatever the thing is or even changing it up is actually going to fix it if the core issue isn't addressed. So yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think this is um, for the business coaches out there, you know, like yourself and, and I love what you're doing because I The way I see it personally is there's, there's got to be work going on in all, all four areas of our spirituality, our, our mental body, our emotional and physical bodies. And, and it's so interesting where, um, I guess, if, if we're not showing up mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like physically, like you're saying, it's just not going to happen. We can do all the marketing, we can do everything we want to, but if those aren't in alignment it's just not going to work. And so I think that's where the, the esoteric kind of NLP energy world and actual business come together. And to me, there's, there's the NLP, the release work is super important, but afterwards there's the action. Like we got to take action to like, we got to resolve the stuff and then take action because actually, you know, physically what we're doing is the NLP is breaking apart the neurology that's stuck. And now the action, what we're actually doing is rewiring your brain, rewiring your body. And so there's the release and the action. These two aspects are super important.
0: Absolutely. And I was actually just taking a few notes on things that I want to touch on. So I I love the action piece, right? Because again, merging those two worlds, right? You have kind of the hardcore marketing business, coaching world, which is you know rooted in this, um, hustle type culture, right? And you have the extreme opposite, which is rooted in like the flowing and, you know, we're going to get spiritual and, you know, everything's all rainbows and sunshine. Neither of which I particularly uh, agree with the, like a hundred percent extreme. I think it is is the merging of both that really yields the uh, the results that we're looking for. Um, and in that, especially talking about the root cause and I love that your background also has this like, like branches out, because one of the things I often talk about in like my own coaching, and I've again witnessed in my own life, is we will oftentimes get to the root of something. So we'll facilitate it by ourselves. We'll go through an experience, and it'll cause us to wake up, right? Like I now know why this happens. I now know you know what is going on. I, I can see the pattern behind the surface. Great, that has its time, place, and it's necessary. The follow-up to that, that I think, you know, we speak about is integration uh, that I like to uh, talk is like, you have the waking up and then there's the growing up, right? The growing up will also be a mirror to what needs clearing that doesn't necessarily need to be part of the root thing. So what I mean by this is like, sometimes we're so focused on the root, that when we go and do the action we still get some you know residual resistance of like no i don't know if i should do this and we hesitate or whatever even if we've cleared the the root cause i'm like sometimes you got to stop looking at the root like maybe you've done enough work here like maybe you got to handle the branches and you got to know how to manage yourself how to self-regulate in the moment self-coach your way through thoughts or manage your emotions like all the stuff we cover in 10k norm uh, to just be able to act and actually make the thing happen. So how do you, like, how does that fall on you? And like, what else could you add to that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting. And because to me, the root cause is like the center of an onion, right? And so when we pull that out, especially with mental emotional release, there's, there's, there's weeks, sometimes it's six to eight weeks for people, but maybe it's, it's a week. It doesn't matter what the point is, is that there's, there's layers of that onion falling off. Especially while you're taking action, you're gonna highlight those layers that haven't fallen off yet. And I think it's almost like you know how you you turn off a fan, right? And it's still gonna spin for a while. Mm -hmm. Like all those habits that were connected to that root cause, they're still spinning. They're still gonna wanna try and do that. And that's where the action comes in, is to undo those habits and create new ones. And so there's there's so much importance to the action because that, especially as an entrepreneur, I think. An entrepreneur is the most spiritual thing you could ever do because you are literally going against like, you're bumping against your baggage. I'll call it your, your, there's that stuff that's underneath, right? You're into that childhood stuff or whatever it is. You're bumping against that every single day. And if you don't work with that, and if you don't clear it out, um, like we've been talking about, there's going to be those blocks that show up in the business and the body in, in the relationships and the career, like whatever it is, it's going to show up. And that's, that's, that's why I love being an entrepreneur so much is like every day is like, how can I be better? How can I clear more? How can I rewire more? How can I show up even more today than I did yesterday? And, and I think that's the most important piece of it.
0: I love that. And you know what, I'm probably gonna steal your, uh, <laughs> your analogy of the fan because it's way better than the one that I've been using, which is like, you know, you, if you have a tree and the is in the way, if you cut the root, it's still going to take some time for the whole thing to like wither down, right? Like it's going to lose nutrients and it's like, leaves are going to fall off and the branches are going to dry off. And then at some point it's probably going to be so dry, it'll crack, but you might even still have like the stump left. And that's how I always, you know, described, yeah, we got to the root of it. Like we knew, you know, when you were seven X, Y, Z happened and you know, that that's, we've dealt with it, but now it's like, okay, it it still comes up when I go and do the stuff. Well, that's the branches. And, you know, we got to be aware of those and that, but the fin is so much like it's just much more simpler, uh, thing. So, I, I thank you for that. But I'm just letting you know, I'm probably with credit going to uh, steal that one, because uh, that's does actually they explain it a lot better.
1: So, thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's you know, I think there's it's so interesting because there's that idea of as above, so below. And I think this goes really deep into more of the universe stuff. But if we look at it in a really simple way, there's you know as an entrepreneur like what's showing up in our business is this direct reflection of us internally like it literally is in in you can go into the quantum physics you can go way deeper into that um but what is showing up in our business like what our sales look like what clients we have it's a direct reflection of what's inside and it's so interesting if we really honor that and respect that and and not judge it not say like oh this is terrible or this is great or what it's just what is there? What is there to work on? Like what is actually showing up for me and what's not and exploring that. And I, and I think that's, that's my favorite way to look at it is it's almost a reflection of myself. I I totally agree. And it's again, one
0: of the things I speak about as well with this idea of the mirror, like everything is a mirror, right? I am a mirror to others, right? And they're a mirror to me, right? And again, I know even on your podcast, I mentioned Byron Katie, who, you know, I, I, love her work and and i use it as well but she talks about there's really only three types of businesses right there's my business your business and god's business and the more i spend in your or god's business the less i'm actually spending in my own right and i think that mirror is actually what is it is showing about my business right and the bit i like about this that was even taught to me by one of um you know my healers as well it's she speaks about like And it could even be a reference to Sadhguru, but the the part that I remember is like, you know, the the starving children in in Africa are my responsibility. And what she meant by that, or referencing that quote was like, I didn't cause that, but I do have the ability to respond to what that brings out in me, right? Even though it's got nothing to do with like directly correlation, like I, I didn't starve anybody, but it is my responsibility on what occurs as a result of me viewing that. So how does that reflect in, in, you know, the work that you do and from your vantage point?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think this comes up a lot for, you know, especially last year with COVID being so crazy and like these big geopolitical things, right. It's like, when we, we talk about this aspect or this idea of, of it's really a universal law, if you will um, this as above, so below it's, I think some people take that on as, well, did I cause the war then? Did I cause this? Did I, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's how you react to that. Like, how are you reacting to COVID? You know, that's going to be a reflection of, of, you know, we don't have control of those things. It's more, it's more of a metaphor. And, and there's, there's a lot of metaphor in everything we're doing if we just look for it. And that's, I love the way you frame that of like, it's really, to me, it's how you react to it. How are you showing up, and reacting to the outside world is really that real reflection. Yeah. And that, that's,
0: I, I think at the core of, even if what you were describing before of like, if I go into a business that that is the ultimate self-development thing. Why? Because every new step, every new level, every like thing, you know, that that comes up is always going to reflect something back on me that, like you said, I either have the choice to clear uh, or not to clear and to, uh, Again, bring it more back into, let's just say, the, the day to um, day. Because you had talked about this as well. Like, you know, entrepreneurship is the hardest thing you can do because it goes against all of your primal programming and or even hardwiring. One of the things that I start off, everybody that goes through the 10K norm program is actually this realization that we have the primal self and then we kind of have our higher self. And that's at least the dichotomy the that I bring to the table because the primal part of us is hardwired to go first. It has first dibs and it speaks in the language of either emotions or like actions, behaviors, and patterns. Like it it just repeats certain things, whether they, you want to interpret that as chemically in terms of what, you know, emotions are triggered, hormones get triggered, or just like the acting that we do, that part always goes first. And then we have the higher self, which is which are, speaks in the words, speaks in thoughts, and its power is really observation and choice. Like it has veto power over the primal self. And because of that, we can't actually change ourselves. We're not at the mercy, unless we choose to be of our primal self. So with regards to the stuff that you mentioned at the beginning and NLP and emotional release, et cetera, how does that, like, how would you interpret that, um, aspect of ourselves?
1: Yeah, for, for me, and, and this is really, um, a, more of an NLP energy way to see this. And, and I would say it's definitely comes from ancient Hawaiian, um, shamanism, if you will, but it's really like, there's this conscious mind, which is our thinking, you know, what we write with, what we're talking with, like, what we're adding numbers with, right? Like, that's the conscious mind, and it's where we get ourselves in trouble the most. It's kind of in and, and like you said, we have a lot of choices in that moment, in that, in that mind. And then there's the unconscious mind, which is really, I think you were hitting on it really well. Like it's the body, it's the emotions, it's the patterns. It's and the way I like to look at it, and and I'm sure there's better ways to explain this, but to me, it's like an AI computer where it's got all these programs from like 0 to 7 years old maybe there's traumatic events that created programs so there's all these programs that are running and the unconscious mind is really it it kind of predicts things it gets a good idea and then it runs programs and so it's just all these like patterns of awareness that are just running constantly and then to go a little bit deeper there's this highest self and and when i think of this it's more of um it's more of a soul aspect or the highest version of our like in in our spirit realm so it's it's really like the most perfect self we could ever imagine it's always right it's always on point it's always 100 percent healed and it's this spherical energy ball that's really above us it's kind of that like you know native american or or um deeper yoga work that's like the chakra that's above our head right that's actually outside of our body and, and what's interesting about this is that the highest self speaks directly to the unconscious mind and the unconscious mind has this major filter and we can talk more about how it filters our reality. And so we kind of hear the unconscious mind, you know, we hear the highest self through the unconscious mind in a very, it's almost a whisper, right? And this is where we get our like gut instincts our kind of like, Oh, my heart says this, you know, it's really, cause you're getting whispers from your highest self. And, and that's, that's my point of view on all that stuff. And it, and it really works well for me. Awesome. So, you know, you mentioned like we can go deeper into that aspect
0: of, of the filter, right. And, and the unconscious and how it's like, no, 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 like, let's not go there. So, cause that really is the root of, you know, if we can kind of solve that, then it's a linchpin for so many other things. So yeah, I, I'd love for you to go deeper into that piece.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's, uh, there's this idea in, it really comes from nlp and really hard science of basically our unconscious mind is has this input right if it has incoming data stream of it's like two million bits of information per second which is crazy there's just so much information and so the unconscious mind for us to have a coherent reality it has to delete things and generalize things and distort things and everybody does this It's totally normal it's just the human psychology And so the actual filter that like kind of deletes and generalizes, like I said, the actual filter is our beliefs. It's our unconscious programs. It's our values. It's our memories. It's kind of like who we are, our physiology. And so it goes through this filter and our conscious mind only processes 126 bits of information per second. So there's like a 99.99% of information that is lost. And so and this helps so much because, you know, like when we have a miscommunication with somebody or something's not working, right. It's, it's really about how can I shift those 126 bits of information? I'm just not tapped into what I want, or it's not, or not communicating that, like, because everybody has different pictures. Everybody has a different reality, literally. And so if we can tap into that different 126 bits into that how, how do we change that? And really the changing happens at a subconscious level. Now we change the beliefs, we change the emotions, we change our values. Um, that's how we change that information. And so, yeah, does that make sense?
0: No, it definitely does.
1: And actually
0: like, I've, it's been like so long since I've heard it explained like that, they're just like, it brought all of them like, Oh yeah, like that, that's what it was. So thank you very much for sharing that. Cause it's like, yeah, that does totally make sense. I'm like, we have such finite bandwidth to actually make these changes, which is why these changes are so hard. Um, and then why practices, you know, with regards to meditation or presence and, you know, building awareness is so important because it's like, if all I have is this little window to observe and to make the choice, prioritizing that really becomes the key to actually tapping into that unconscious. So would that be accurate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love you brought up meditation because this is how we merge our unconscious and our conscious mind. You know, just like we were talking about earlier with psychedelics, another great way is through meditation Um, and how you get there is totally different, right? Some people do martial arts or walking or going in nature, whatever it is that meditation that gives us that chance to tap into more than 126 or um, really tap into that unconscious and, and potentially tap into that highest self and bring that highest self that ultimate consciousness into our body and and really tapping into that. And, and that's where um, we can do that ourselves. We, we don't have to have a practitioner. I'm sure there's, there's, it's going to be way faster with a coach, with somebody that knows how to use that. But you can do that yourself is really that meditation, asking the right questions. And I think that's the biggest thing I would say is meditation. If we ask the right questions, we can go so much farther.
0: Perfect. So I think that's a perfect segue into moving, right? Because a lot of these conversations have gone into like, hey, theoretical is great and I get it, et cetera. But it's like, you know, there's still I think there's like different levels of like consciousness as far as like how do we relate to things that we know. In my experience, like we have the understanding, like I intellectually get it. But then to me, what I actually know is what I can show. like that, that, that is the true kind of filter and test. Like I might know I need to eat healthy, but until I can show it, like do I really embodiment know it right And then to me, like wisdom is like when other people begin to witness it and we can teach it. Uh, in a way that elicits change in them, then that really becomes like wisdom because we know all the intricacies that are likely to occur and we can almost like predict them. So given that, if you you know imagine a heart center entrepreneur that's now in this state where, you know, I can't hit this ceiling. I want to know what questions to ask. I want to work on, you know, myself, et cetera. I'm tired of just, you know, going down YouTube university and like learning things, but I'm not like actually applying it what would be, you know, your recommendations? And if you want more specific examples, we can go into them, but let's just start with generally.
1: Yeah. I would say the biggest thing is, is first checking in with our energy. And if you want like a really clear example of this, I would say the book by David Hawkins, I think it's force versus power, or you can just Google like the map of consciousness by David Hawkins. And he lays out like all these emotions. Um, and if you just look at that, and cause it basically in a very general sense, it goes from fear to like enlightenment. Okay. That that's like a very general and you can place yourself like, well, today I'm like a six out of 10, right. Or I'm a seven out of 10, or maybe you're like an eight out of 10. And, and like, for me, sometimes I get like 11 out of 10 and then I can't sleep. Right. And it's like, okay, I got to like, calm down. So like, if we check into our energy, like, how are we actually feeling? How are we thinking? How do we like how would we feel about our life? Like, I think that, so this is like the first thing is like, let's just check in with our energy and track it like every day for a couple of weeks and just see like, and then we can start tracking like our food, our water, our sleep, like really start tracking our biology and make sure we get that down. Cause if we can get our biology down. We can go even deeper. Right. Um, and so then we can start tracking like journaling, right. Our thoughts, our feelings and, I would say the right questions to ask is really being very specific and really like, how can I make 10 K this month? Or how many clients do I need? Like get as specific as you possibly can. How many programs do I have to sell this week to be on track for 10 K? Right. So the more specific you get, the more answers you're going to get from your highest self. Cause that's really, who's going to be able to help you in this is that highest self, that unconscious mind. And like, what do you need to release to get that? What do you need to release to get that? And what actions do you need to take to make it happen? Okay. So these are some like example questions that, that I go through most days. Um, And so it's really like, I guess, what's the block? How can I resolve it? And like what's my lesson and how can I take action going forward? That's like a very basic kind of like question series that, that I go through. And, and I know you have amazing journaling questions, like top notch. Um, so yeah, your client should use those as well. Like that stuff is awesome.
0: Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I love how in that instance, it's like, you don't just jump into the work, right? There are like, sometimes, you know, you just you know you might be dehydrated you might actually just need a nap like it, it doesn't mean that i'm worthless like it's just hey maybe you're not like thinking about your biology because that is a factor as well um and then moving that into like i establish a baseline now we're kind of getting more granular and, okay like day to day moment to moment what is it that i would need to do i think i, I agree with you 100% like that is I oftentimes, like what I say is like I'm marketing agnostic, meaning like I don't necessarily care whether it's like, I do you need a webinar, you need a Facebook group, or, or you need to do more lives. It's kind of irrelevant, right? Because it is going to be your bringing your authenticity to the thing that is going to get you to be the beacon that's going to attract the people that you need, right? So one of the walls that oftentimes we hit is like people will understand that they'll whether through my prompting or somebody else's or their own, they'll go to like, okay, well, I need. I know I need four clients this month to hit 10K, um, but I don't know what to do next, right? There's kind of like physically, emotionally, mentally, there's just like, I don't know energy. So how would you work through that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is so powerful for entrepreneurs to do every single day. And and really, I would say it starts with a major journaling session that evolves into a written document that is uh, a, I would say it starts with your own avatar of like, and I know in the marketing world, we know what an avatar is like my ideal client. I'm talking about yourself. Like, who are you in the next five to 10 years? Like painting that and actually going deeper into like the spiritual, mental, emotional bodies and like, like a full page written out of who you are, what are you doing And the key concept here is like, what are you being, like being, doing, and having? And and I'll say just a little bit is that society often wants you to go from having, doing, to being, and that's completely wrong. We need to go being, to doing, to having, and getting that avatar really clear, and then having a really clear aim, and then a smart goal. And, and, And the aim is really simple. It's like a two two sentence kind of, this is the direction I'm heading. So it's, it's almost like a mission statement. Like this is where I'm going. No end state, no, no start or finish. It's like, this is the direction. So you have, you have some air behind, you have some power behind. Right. And then there's the SMART goal, which the SMART goals is like very granular, uh, very specific on, okay, these are how many clients I'm going to have per, per month. This is what my, um, you know, marketing plan is like v- as specific as possible. And I would break it down from like, you want to be specific in your area of life. So if it's really business you're working on, like the smart goal needs to be specific on business. Now, if there's some relationship stuff going on, maybe you need a smart goal for relationships, but that's different. That's separate. You need to really have a focused smart goal. So the, the more esoteric aspect to this is through meditation, seeing that person, seeing that new person of who you want to be and how you want to be what you want to be doing, what you want to have, like seeing that and feeling it. And we, we want to bring in some heart math here. Okay. So we want to bring in that gratitude, some breath work, like heart center, um, focus on, and if for people listening, just Google heart math and do a meditation and, and you'll figure it out. Um, and so we want to bring the emotions in. We want to bring the future in. And now when we have that, that moment that we know we got it, we want to rewind that movie and keep rewinding, and just rewind that movie almost like you're rewinding the timeline all the way back to now. And you can watch, what did you actually do? And this this might take some time to like get really good at, but like, what steps did you take? How did you get there? In your unconscious mind, your highest self is going to tell you exactly what you need to do. That's I would say that's the biggest way to find your direction in life.
0: Love it, because that went like, you know, everywhere that, that it, it needed to go. Um, and I agree with you. Yeah. It's not like, okay, I'm going to set this up today and it's going to happen tomorrow. Right. It is definitely an iterative process. Cause it, I, I think, I guess what I would want to reflect back and kind of highlight additionally for context or people listening, it's like, you know, just each individual pieces of what you mentioned could be like, you know, X amount of days, weeks, or potentially even months worth of work, depending on where you're starting, you know, in your journey, right? Because one of the things that, and I'd love your take on this as well, it's, and I've been here as well. So we'll start these things that are, you know, that that should be helping us and that we know technically are there to help us. So let's just say meditation or journaling. And I often recognized after a while that this ended up being another way for me to kind of lie to myself. Cause the easiest person to lie to is ourselves. So if I use meditation as a way to just you know, feel good, but really I'm kind of like bypassing what actually needs my attention, right? These tools can become distorted if we're not careful and actually avoiding the thing we really need to, address so you know the way that i always um bring this up with clients or whoever i'm talking to it's like the full spectrum of the human emotion needs to be brought into each moment and you mentioned it before like what is matters like if i meditate and i get violent thoughts that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me it's you know why did this come out what does this want me to say like going back to those energetic chords etc etc Um, I I would caution people in that instance that like the the tools can work against you if we're not careful so I'm just curious what has your experience been with that have you had that experience etc
1: yeah absolutely and I would say uh, spiritual bypassing is real and and the the unfortunate part about it is that and maybe you've heard this before you've heard other people talk about this where it's like, Oh, I, I, I kind of felt like I should have done something. Like I should have been listening, but then I didn't. And then I got a sign again. Like maybe there was like a little car accident, you know, oh, I, I should, have done, I, I know I should be changing my life, but then I got a car accident. So something else happened. And then, then something else happened something else happened until like something so big that they had to literally, there was no, there is no like, other options. Your life is changing now. Like you lost your house, you lost your wife, you lost everything. And what are you going to do now? You know what I mean? Have you heard that story, right? And this is where the spiritual bypassing comes in, is because we're we're not here just to to feel amazing. We're here to feel everything. And so when we just when we bypass the feeling, when we bypass the experience, that energy is going to come back, and it's just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger until you listen. So unfortunately spiritual bypassing does not work. We have to do the work. Like we have to do the internal work. We have to do the physical work. We have to um, really go forward and deal and process. And this is how we grow as a soul, as a person, as an entrepreneur is like processing and taking action and learning. And um, yeah, bypassing is so easy. and, And I think we all do it sometimes. I mean, I know I do it sometimes and I look out for it. And the thing is, is that your unconscious mind is a master at avoiding things. Like that's the whole point. That's what it does. And, and I know I'm really good at that. And I know you're probably really good at most people are really good at like not looking at things that we're supposed to. And I think that's why coaching is just one of the most powerful modalities because we, you're, you're being so held accountable and called out by somebody in a good way that you have to deal with it now. Cause you're aware of it and that's that's the part that's like oh shit okay i have some work to do now right
0: yeah yeah 100 percent. and you know that's why the, the quote i love in reference to this is like it's very hard to see the label if you're in the bottle right like you, you're, yeah. you're so in it that like you whatever way you want to turn and look like it, it's going to be hard right and that's why the benefit of the facilitator the reflection the coach like whatever it is you want to use um, ultimately, comes down to like we're not in your mess. That's why we can see, it. and that's why everybody's had the experience of like, you know, you're talking to a friend and like it's blatantly obvious like this relationship's not for you, but like that they're having so much issues, like just you know quitting or not quitting or whatever that they, But it's like it's so obvious, and then when we're in the same situation, it's not as obvious because all like you said, our baggage and our emotions um, are tied in it, and just to kind of put a closing loop on that piece um it reminds me of authenticity right because i think there's a sentiment that if if i'm authentic then like you said things are always like good which is completely and utterly wrong like sometimes the authentic thing is to tell people to fuck off and like yell into a pillow or you know like kick a bag or like whatever it, it is to like that needs to be in that moment that actually is the authentic piece saying I shouldn't act this way actually goes against the authentic thing that wants to come out in that moment. Um, so yeah. How does that
1: land for you? Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. Cause there's, I think society has programmed most of most people. And, and I know it programmed me for a long time of like, I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be this. I shouldn't be that. And, and this is where we get in trouble because now we're, we're stuffing down our emotions. We're not allowing that anger to come up. And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be fearful. It's it's how are we going to express it in the moment in a in a healthy way that's not hurting other people, right? How can we do that? And then how can we understand the deeper lesson? Because once we get the lesson, we can process the emotion. Um, and, and I think for me, it's, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like processing the emotion and moving forward without causing harm to ourselves or others right that that's the obviously that's that's the big one um and what was there was another piece in there i know i'm missing it. there's another piece of your questioning that i'm missing um i mean from my vantage point i think you
0: you answered them but uh, okay it, it pops up it pops up like okay
1: way. but yeah for me it was just like
0: that it, it was that authenticity piece where right? Like, like really truly
1: honoring oh, the fact that, yeah yeah you got yeah, you made me remember um so so i think to go back on like what you're talking about, like telling people to fuck off is sometimes like you said, exactly what you need to do. And it comes back to action. And, and, and to me, sometimes action is enforcing a boundary. And, and what I mean by that is when we get really clear on our values, like for me, like freedom, creativity, like uh, family, those kinds of, those are like my values. Those are like my top values where if those get crossed, like I'm going to get triggered, I'm going to get pissed off and I'm not going to like you. Right. Like, that's because you've invaded my mental, emotional, spiritual space. And that's not okay. Like, we need to have these clear boundaries of these are my values. And I'm totally okay with you doing your stuff over there, but not around me. Right. And so there's that boundary of that's your energy. And this is my energy. And where this gets hard is with family is really like setting that boundary, you know, in relationships with kids, like whatever is in your personal space. And I think that's a big piece of, of, yeah, you know, going back to spiritual bypasses, we just want to feel good, like, oh, it's okay. It's totally okay that they're like treating me like crap. Like, no, you need to set a boundary. And that boundary, unfortunately, when you say a boundary, and there's like there should be a consequence with the boundary. And when you set this up, you got to enforce the consequence. And that's the hard part is like really enforcing that stuff and really being, I think that's how you really define your authenticity is having those boundaries and saying no to things.
0: and that I think is also why boundaries are hard because first and foremost it comes with self-awareness what are my values and then only once I know that can I actually mark out you know what's in bounds what's out of bounds and I think most people will go through the kind of work to do that where it oftentimes gets hard is we don't realize we also have to be the referee Like we draw the lines in the field, but then we also have to referee, like who crosses, who doesn't, or what I cross or what I don't, Um, which I think is why it often surfaces in family, et cetera, because we have such a hard time of being the referee in the family, right? Um, And it just bringing it back to like thoughts and how we think about these things. Um, Oftentimes, I think when we don't play referee, we will say, okay, well, you know, it's the other that crossed my boundaries. I always like to turn that around first and be like, well, I crossed my own boundary because by allowing that to happen, if I already know what my boundaries, like we've done that work before they were able to cross it, I actually crossed it for myself, right? That goes back to the whole responsibility thing. And I think that's so important because we over again, spiritual bypassing, like we overlook our actual like what did we do to contribute to this because boundary crossing actually requires two people it requires the the person they're doing their thing which i don't control but if what i do control is where the boundary is in the referee then i also need to be responsible for the fact that i first betrayed my boundaries before the other
1: yeah i think that's a beautiful way to look at it and it's you know that's going to highlight where we need to work on what we need to work on and that's when the journal comes out in the meditation of like okay what's going on here? Let's go deeper. That's it. It always comes back to that. So
0: I want to be conscious of uh, of time. So um, what I would like for you then is to just kind of sum it up. Um, you know, if you had to leave people, you know, with one thing as far as what they need to do to to move themselves closer to their uh, 10k norm, what would you say that it would be?
1: Yeah, I, I really do believe the, the very foundations to this, if we get really simple and easy is doing release work as step one, like we gotta, we gotta clear the connection to the highest self is, is my favorite way to, to, to explain it is we gotta do the release work. And if that's a journal, that's meditation. If it's NLP, if it's a therapist, it doesn't matter. It could be acupuncture. It really doesn't matter. We gotta do release work. And then we got to create a compelling future. And just like we talked about earlier, that avatar aim smart goal, like we got to get that so defined. We got to get that like so compelling that there's energy behind it, that we're actually motivated to like, you know, get up on the first alarm to do those things, to have that motivation. Like there's a lot of work to do there and get that writing done. And the second is our third is, um, is really taking action like in the physical with the marketing, with the business, like taking massive action. We know that word a lot, right? Massive action. And the last step is really focusing. And with that, there's, there's the awareness. Like we got to have that awareness of what's working, what's not, let's go back to step one. Let's do some release work. Okay. Where can I take action? Where can I focus? And, And the big thing is focusing not just in the business, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Like we really need to focus um, on all four bodies and each four, each four body, um, all four bodies has its own time and place. Right. And, and you're going to know where to focus and where not to focus. And so I would say those four steps, release work, your future, your action and focus. If you, you stick to that formula, like you're going to change your, you're going to change your business. You're going to change your life.
0: Absolutely. And I, and I love that. And I just want to add to that piece. Cause I know it oftentimes comes up. It's like when you you know almost you hear this brain dump of like oh my god well who's got like time for that i always bring it back to that zen quote of you know the zen masters like hey you should meditate for 20 minutes a day and then the person responds back like oh my god like i've got so many things going on there's no way i can find 20 minutes he's like yeah you know what uh you probably need two hours then (laughs) right so Mm -hmm. it's like that whole oh my god like that there's so much things to do it's like you know can you take a year to learn this you don't have to spend three years like, yeah. you know, yeah,
1: right? absolutely. And, and I think something to really pay attention to, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but um, as above, so below, if we really look at our environment, like inside of our house, our office, if it's messy, if the garage is totally out of whack, if it's like, if your environment's totally messy. And that's what your subconscious mind looks like, and and that's where you need to work. And so, just for the listeners, like, take a look at that. Like, what's your environment look like? What's the energy in the household look like? There's there's a there's a lot of signs there for you to see.
0: Love it. It's all in the reflection. So yeah, perfect note to uh, leave it off on. So Thomas, where can everybody? Find you if somebody wants to write a book. Who well, I can they contact you? What what's the best way for people to take the next step?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I help uh, you know first time authors that are coaches, holistic or spiritual entrepreneurs write their first book, and and oftentimes that shows up as I'm not good enough. Who's going to read that book? Kind of that imposter. So those are my ideal clients, and and I love working with coaches and and uh, that are writing a book because as well as you know once we have a book, there's, there's a lot more potential. There's more doors open for podcasting, for live events, for speaking. There's just most coaches. If you're a coach, you should write a book at some point. That's my, that's my opinion. Um, and so all you have to do is go to BreakthroughWriter'sBlock.com, um, And also you can find me on Instagram at mountain mind tricks. And uh, you can uh, listen to the podcast at the shamanic author podcast, uh, it's available on other apps and, and those are the main areas to find me. Awesome.
0: Well, I'll have all of those in the uh, show notes. And I guess just to cap it off, you know, like how much cooler would it be to hand somebody, you know, your written book versus like a business card? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's a lot, lot better in that case. And I agree with you that um, getting past that and like, you know, writing it is basically about, you know, authentically expressing yourself. I think is such a cool thing. So I'm glad that people like you exist because I think that they're needed. So thank you very much for sharing your wisdom and uh, for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And, And we went really deep and it was so much fun. So thank you.
0: Likewise. All right, have yourself a good day.